Welcome back to Love Lindsay, a captivating podcast that delves into the realms of things we've written in the past and embraces the sometimes cringy nostalgia that accompanies it. Hello, hello, everyone, my Lindsay lovers and mental health warriors. How was your Christmas? Was it everything you dreamt of? Or I guess a better question is, did you make it everything you dreamt of? Because if there's one thing I've learned, and today's podcast is all about things I've learned, it's that holidays like Christmas, New Year, your birthday too especially, it's all what you make it. You have to make it into the magic that you want. You have to plan your events. You have to tell people what you want or you have to get it for yourself. You can't count on other people to make it good for you. You just can't. Obviously, this discounts like someone drastically disappointing you or causing drama. Like, I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying, like, you can't just expect people to know what you want. So did you make the most out of your holiday this year? Did you go out of your way to make it amazing if that's what's important to you? Anyway, that was awfully quick for getting on my little soapbox here. But I mean, it's just, it's something that you need to learn for your own good. I make my holidays what I want them to be. I do all of my decorating. I give myself enough time to decorate as much as I like. Um, I don't expect like Eddie to help me decorate um, because that's something that I want to do for him. And it makes me feel better if things are decorated, like in the midst of my end of my semester shenanigans, I spent a whole day and it was after hosting Thanksgiving. I spent a whole like six to eight hours straight decorating the house inside and out because that makes things magical for me no matter what and as far as like presents go I go like way out of my way to tell people what I want if they want to gift me something like if they're like what do you want for Christmas I'm like bet like I've got an Amazon list I've been working on all year this is another thing that I've learned like a hack for someone like me like I love to shop I hate like the consumerism way of America and how we just buy so much junk. I definitely have fallen into that in the past before. And um, I first started doing this like when I went to Disney World in 2019. I would take a picture of every single thing I wanted to buy because I wanted to buy everything. So If I found something I wanted to buy in like one of the shops, I'd take a picture of it. And then I would wait and be like, if I really want this thing, I'll come back and buy it at the end of the trip. And you guys, I barely bought anything because once I really thought about it, I realized I didn't need it. Once I thought about like, where would it go in my house? How often would I use it afterwards? So... My whole like camera roll was like amazing pictures and videos of rides and pictures of my mom and I and stuff. And then like stuff in the stores, which is really cute too, to like remember. So take that. And this, I said all this to say this, 
anytime I want something, I see something I want and you kind of get that, like, maybe, maybe you don't, but I kind of get that feeling of like, you get excited, you get anxious. Like you're like, I have to have that. I want to buy it. And instead of buying it, I either put it on my Amazon wish list or my Pinterest wish list. And then you just kind of have this like amazing wish list ready to go. Or when you're ready to treat yourself, you have this wish list ready to go. Or when you like made a financial goal and you want to get something because you now have the money for it, there it is. And I just love that way of life. It stops me from buying so many things. And yeah, so that's just another advice for you. We just really jumped right into the advice, didn't we? Like, hello. Um, I'm really excited about today's episode. Obviously, I've already got lots to say. In light of the holiday and like New Year, I've got here in my hand my daily diary for 2023. And at the end of every day, I write in here like lessons I've learned. So I've got like 300 something lessons that I've learned throughout the year. And I just love going through this because if I don't like I don't go back and read it very often. I save it until the end of the year and kind of go through and then I write down like the main things I've learned, especially if I see like a pattern. Um and I haven't done this yet, so we're kind of going to go through it together. This is also my first time like reviewing the year, and so I'm excited. I'm excited about next year. This, okay, so this 2023, I guess a word for it would be awkward. I spent a lot of time out of my comfort zone and grinding on my goals, I wrote the same goals in here over because I also write down my daily goals every day and my like manifestations over and over and over and over again. And it wasn't until like the end of the year that I started to see them start starting to happen, which I mean, manifesting takes a while, but I'm very good at it. And so is Eddie. Eddie and I, we've manifested our whole business, the way our business works how it's grown and my, oh my, has it grown so much. Um, we've manifested our lifestyle. We've manifested our house here in Traverse City. We, I manifested him. Like I had a podcast episode a couple months ago about, it's called Manifesting Your Dream Lover. And I found him just randomly online out of crazy, weird circumstances because we were meant to be. And I manifested that. I prayed and I asked God to send me somebody that I could love on and someone that understood me. And that's what I got. And it was just perfect timing. And I also didn't want something I would move really fast with and we didn't we spent like two years apart before we even moved in together, like whatever. So I'm a good manifesting person. I don't have like a solid like set of like steps I do to manifest except for writing. As you know, this podcast is all about writing. Writing is magic. That's another 
podcast episode I did is how writing is like witchcraft. I also have a blog post about that if you want to check it out at lindsaylumis.com. Writing is like witchcraft. Writing will get you what you want. Writing will get you perspective. It'll give you, um, you know, self-reflection. It will sort out your problems for you. It will teach you things. It'll give you ideas. It will get you through trauma. It will manifest things for you. It will put things in a better perspective. Like it's just writing is seriously magic. And if there's one thing I had to pick that's my favorite thing about this podcast so far, besides this family that I've grown of listeners, it's motivating people to write. I've received so many messages and people telling me in person, I wasn't a person that was into writing until I started listening to your podcast. And even like my friends that I had on here would say I started writing more after listening to this podcast. So that's so cool. And that's exactly my goal. I mean, I have other goals with this podcast, like, you know, breaking the stigma of mental illness, learning about bettering your mental health, creating like a family, creating a supportive uh, group. Um, but writing is the key component of this. And I think sometimes we don't always recognize that on this podcast. So this whole episode today is reviewing things I've written just in the, this past year. And yes, I, it's definitely going to be awkward because there's been a lot of like, turmoil. I've had, I had a really bad rebound with panic disorder this year. Um, and we'll get into that. Um, as I'm reading through this book, I had a really bad, uh, relapse with panic disorder and panic attacks. And, um, I developed a new phobia. So that's fun. I developed cardiophobia which is a fear of like um, your heart and your heartbeat and worrying that something's wrong with your heart, um, all that. And I also worked really hard in school and um, tried a bunch of new things. And it wasn't until the end of this past semester, as you guys know, I struggled really hard with some of my classes um, and now I'm at the end of it between that and like really crushing some weight loss goals and really like finding a good way of life as far as like eating and exercising that works for me after trying millions of new things over the year that started just unfolding for me. It's been a year of lots of fun new experiences with friends and making new friends. Um, and that is something that I've manifested. So let's just get into it. I'm, this is going to be interesting. I have not done this this year and this is just perfect timing. So it starts off in January and my first 
lesson I learned was it's okay to take breaks. So there's that. The next one is get to the bottom of things with friends. So I think what was going on then is, um, well, I'm not even going to talk about it on my podcast, but I, there was just some like misunderstandings about some stuff going on. And so the lesson I learned is just talk about it. And if you realize that like maybe your friend is acting different, just come right out and say like, Hey, you seem like you're upset about this or this, like just say it, don't leave it. Um, that's just what works best for me because if you leave it, they're going to stew about it. You're going to stew about it. And then it's just going to turn into something it's not, or you're just going to like push it down and then come back. It's going to come back later. Um, this year was a lot about learning about eating habits. So I talk about being able to eat less and say no to dessert. Um, I started the year off with a lot of food noise. And I don't know if you guys have heard of that before, but it's the voice in your head that's telling you to snack or telling you you have to go out and get this treat or that and you're constantly thinking about what you're going to eat next. So I started the day off with a, or the year off with a lot of heavy food noise. And then this next one says go to therapy when you're doing well to stay well. I can't stress this enough, y'all. Um I think even fully healthy people should go to therapy. Why? Because it's like a life coach. It is a life coach. Some people get life coaches and I'm like, why not just get a therapist? Because at least with therapy, then you can get it covered by insurance and it's probably a lot cheaper. So if you're doing well, don't stop going to therapy. Don't stop taking your meds. That's just, you need to talk about what you're doing and you might not even review it in your mind. Like you, you acknowledge you're doing well. Like, oh, I've been in a good mood lately. It's like things are going well or I haven't been depressed. Like, but maybe you're not really reviewing the things that you're doing that are keeping you going on this good stretch and going to therapy will help you recognize that. There are just a plethora of reasons why everyone should go to therapy. I saw this meme online the other day and it's perfect for this. Um, a lot of people go to therapy to deal with the people in their lives that don't go to therapy. And that is just so true. Like, bless you if you go to therapy to work on yourself. I am one of those people that I will be on a self-improvement kick until the day I die. I am constantly trying to better myself and my life in every single way possible. And that makes it easier to be in my life because I'm self-aware, because I'm trying to be more self-aware. And if there's something that I'm doing that's not cool, I am always down to work on it and fix it. And that's going to make me easier to love, easier to be in a friendship with, easier to work with. And it's going to make me a better overall person. 
and make my life a hell of a lot more successful. If you are constantly trying to improve yourself, guess what's going to happen? Your life's going to improve. Your whole life's going to improve. And then when that happens, the lives and the people around you and the people you love, their lives are going to improve. It's like a, you know, pass it on type of deal. It's it's just great. Y'all know I love therapy. I love psychology. Hence what I'm going to school for. My next one says, listen to your elders. And this year before I started the fall semester, I was going to American Legion meetings. My husband is the commander of our American Legion post here in Traverse City. And I'm so proud of him. He was also a commander of a post in San Francisco. He started a new American Legion post there and started this event for getting veterans into colleges. Um, he's very active in it, very passionate about it. So I go with him to meetings. I'm a member of the American Legion Auxiliary, which is for wives and family members of American Legion members. And I was doing that up until the fall semester started when I had school on Tuesday nights because that's what night the meetings are on. Let's see. This next one, I say, just dance. And I joined some dance classes this year. I grew up dancing from the age of like four or five until I think my senior year of high school. I was a dancer. I did ballet, tap, jazz. I did some hip hop classes and I just, I love to dance so much. And I spent a good 20 years of not dancing and not going to dance classes, obviously like dancing at the club and stuff. But even that I haven't been doing for the last like 10 years. So, um, I was like, I need to dance again. So at my yoga studio, I was going to earlier this year, we had like a modern dance class I did on Monday nights um, with Melissa. She was incredible, such good experiences during the dark nights of winter. Find random things to do, even if you think you won't enjoy it, give it a try because you never know something that'll get you out of the house, something that'll get you around other people. Most Monday nights, it was just her and I, and we would choreograph dances together. We would do exercises. It was so fun. I built so much muscle. I learned so much and I was dancing again. Like I never stopped. And then in February, um, an adult ballet class started. So I got myself some ballet slippers for the first time in 20 years. And I was doing ballet and like bar work and spins and pirouettes and learning, doing choreography again for the first time in 20 years. And it was amazing. So I was doing dance Monday nights, Wednesdays, I think at like noon. And then even after that, still, I did um, another dance workshop um, for a couple months. I forgot what it was called. 
but this one was more of like different type of like world be dancing, like different cultures. Um, it was super, I wish I could remember what it was called because it was so, it was such a cute name. Something like bump and grind or something like that. Like, um, it was so much fun. And on top of all that, I did a lot of Zumba classes and cardio dance classes. So just dance, get out there, move your body, especially during the dull, dark, cold winter months. Find any excuse you can to get out there, get with other people, and move your body. I can't stress that enough. Get that stagnant stale out of there. Because that's how you're going to sow your seeds for a healthy and amazing spring and summer. It starts in the winter, y'all. It starts in the winter. Then I say on another day, I'm learning that it's okay to feel anxiety due to my trauma. And that soothes me. So this came about, I remember it perfectly. This came about because I was having an appointment with my psychiatrist and I was telling her about my nightmares and she said, you know, this is another reason why to go to therapy because people, they'll, they'll tell you things that you didn't realize. I mean, I realized that my nightmares were from PTSD, but just her saying, yeah, with what you went through, obviously you're going to have nightmares and that just put things into perspective. Like I just felt like I, it wasn't like an enigma that I was having like night terrors. Like, oh yeah, obviously this is why. And when you understand why you're experiencing something, it gets you to the how. It gets you to the how can I fix it. And EMDR therapy, if you don't know, look it up. It's about rapid eye movement. Basically, the therapist has you move your eyes back and forth. You follow a finger back and forth. And when you move your eyes back and forth, it works different parts of your brain. And when you think of a trauma, a traumatic event, and use other parts of your brain, it helps you move it around and make it not affect you so much. I could go into this for hours, but that's just the very brief description of what EMDR therapy is. So when my psychiatrist said, yes, obviously from the trauma you went through, it's causing you to have these nightmares. And I was like, bet. Okay, that's why didn't I put that together? This is what I can go to EMDR therapy for. So that's what that's all about. Um, and then I also wrote on another day, I learned that when you feel your belly jiggling while you work out, just keep going. <laughs> and I think this came about because we were doing, um, Eddie and I were doing P90X in the garage at night. Um, and it would be like sometimes like 18, 17, 16 degrees in there. And we'd bundle up and we'd do P90X. And I remember feeling like my stomach jiggling and I'm like, that's distracting that's uncomfy. That doesn't feel good. That's not sexy. I don't like that. But you know, who cares? Just keep going. Bellies are going to jiggle, y'all. Um, let's see. What else? Then I wrote, 
this was in February, you're probably doing better than you think in school and in all things. That's a great way to put it and to help calm and soothe your nerves is you're doing better than you think. I was thinking the other day on the way to the gym, I was driving and I'm like, you know how you get excited for a time in your future? Like when this and this happens, <clears throat> life's going to be so good. And I'm just going to be feeling so much better. And I'm going to be on top of the world when this and this happens, just whatever, whether it's like losing weight or like getting a new job or like having a certain amount of money or like having this car or whatever. Oh, life's going to be so much better. And you kind of like picture yourself for a second as that person with that thing and how it's going to be better, which we all know is a lie, right? Like one thing is not going to change your life. Um, wherever you go, there you are, that, that whole thing. Um, you're still going to be you. You're still going to have the same problems. So there's that. But right now, the life you're living was a life that you dreamt of at another time. Like, think about it. So me just living in Traverse City, driving to my cute little gym, at one point, I was living in San Francisco being like, wow, I wish I like lived in a small town. I wish I was back in Michigan with Eddie at our cute little house. And I wish I was the type of person that like went to a gym because I wasn't at the time. So just me doing an everyday thing that might seem mundane right now at, at another point, it's the life I dreamt of. And the life that you're living right now, like let's say you have a job that really sucks. But at some point you are in school working to get to that job. And you're like, wow, when this is all done, I'm going to have a job in this field. And you're doing that. And, or let's say like, you're not working right now. And while you were working before and you're or like, maybe you like feel guilty because you're not working or something. Cause I, I get that a lot because I'm in school so I'm not working currently, when you were working, when you were working, you were like, damn, it would be so cool if I didn't have to work, if I didn't have to go to this sucky job anymore. And now here you are. So live every day like that. And remember, you're probably doing better than you think. The next one is show up weekly. You'll see the results. And that's about working out, obviously. The next lesson I learned is eat when you have a headache. So a lot of times headaches are from low blood sugar. Um, this next one is funny. It says, I work out harder when our employees are watching. We were doing P90X and one of our employees, bless her, she came by to get some paperwork and um, she just kind of stood there talking while we were working out. And I think I whipped out like five or six more push-ups than I usually would because there was like somebody standing there watching me. So, <laughs> oh my goodness. There's another one lesson learned at the end of the night. On this day, this was the day I had Galentine's 
So Galentine's, if you guys don't know, is when you have like your girlfriends over and it's like a Valentine's Day dinner that you have for like your girlfriends and you exchange gifts and you eat like good food and you get like all the heart themed stuff that you've always dreamt of and you give each other flowers and um, it's so sweet. I love that tradition. It's one of my favorites. I'm already excited about Valentine's Day, you guys, and it's not even the end of December yet. And I'm like already excited, like give me all the heart themed stuff. And at the end of the night, I was kind of feeling it like I was kind of tipsy after, you know, hanging out, having dinner, drinking champagne, drinking cocktails, sitting in the hot tub. And my lesson learned for that night just says drunk, LOL. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So the day after that, the day after Galentine's was a day that will live in infamy for me. This was the day that set off my health anxiety and panic disorder all over again. Um, I had an ear infection. I felt like my eardrum burst like the day of Galentine's when we were out driving around getting supplies. And I, I felt like the crackle and the pop and I'm like, oh, I'm getting another ear infection. So I'm going to go to the doctor the next day after hanging out with my girlfriends. And a couple things happened. So I had a fever because sitting in the hot tub in the winter didn't make the ear infection very happy, obviously. I was kind of hungover. I was stressed out about school. I had a fever. I think I already said that. Um, and then I realized also that the bouquet of flowers I had got for Valentine's Day had lilies in them. And if you don't know, lilies are very, very, very toxic to cats. And I had already learned this lesson because uh, Peanut my best friend, my cat that passed away in 2020, she had a run in with lilies and you think that I would learn my lesson, but I got a bouquet and I just wasn't thinking and there was a lily in them. And I realized the very next day and I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe I just found a lily. And it was like right before I left for the doctor's appointment. Right. Immediately panicked because I think Peanut would have had kidney disease either way, but I felt like because the lilies came in the house, that's what started it. So I immediately brought them outside. I vacuumed all around where the lilies were and it just harkened back to like a really horrible time in my life when Peanut first got sick. So boom, stress about school, hungover. Um, fever, ear infection, I found lilies, and then I go to the doctor's office. And let me just preface this by saying I always have stellar, stellar health all the way, honestly. Really good blood work. I don't, I've got great blood sugar. I've got great cholesterol. I've got like all my blood work is always amazing. My blood pressure is always like on point. So good. I think because I'm just so like active, even during my inactive days, I had great blood pressure. Um, I've had tons of EKGs, heart ultrasounds, all that kind of stuff because I have panic attacks 
healthy, very healthy girl. That day I had high blood pressure. So all those things in a row and then having a high blood pressure reading just sent me off. And on top of that too, I was seeing a different doctor for my ear infection. Every time I get an ear infection, my primary care doctor isn't in. It just, without fail, and it's always a different doctor. And um, and they won't just call in eardrops for me. I have to go and be like, yes, it's another ear infection. I have chronic ear infections. My blood pressure was high. And I'm like, okay, let me calm down and take it again at the end. But I didn't calm down by the end of the appointment. I started panicking. I started having a panic attack and my blood pressure was still high. And I was, and my doctor was like, or not my doctor, but like the doctor I saw that just that day, she doesn't know my history. She doesn't know I'm active. She just sees someone that's overweight and she's just like, okay, things that you can do to lower your blood pressure is, you know, low sodium, make sure you're like exercising. And so that just like set me off because I'm like, oh my God, I am unhealthy. I'm going to die. Like I had the worst weekend that week. I had like four days of back to back the whole time I was awake and at night, panic attacks. I was in a constant panic attack, which if you have ever had is extremely uncomfortable. I was crying. I was at my wit's end. I just, I really was not doing good after that appointment. It just set off this flurry of horrible thoughts. Because here I was doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. I'm doing intermittent fasting. I'm counting every calorie I eat. I'm doing cardio every day, 10,000 steps every day. I'm dancing. I'm doing all this stuff. I'm going back to school. I'm keeping my mind busy. I'm meditating. I'm going to therapy. I'm taking my meds. Like, And my blood pressure was high. Granted, it's high. You're one of the many reasons why your blood pressure can be high is from a hangover. Another reason, a fever. Another reason, being sick. Another reason, stress. But I just couldn't stop obsessing over it. And it started this journey of cardiophobia for me. So that was that day. I had a panic attack due to health anxiety and it just kept going. Like the next day I wrote, please, God, I beg you have my blood pressure go down. And it was just a dark time for me. Some people might be like, that is not a big deal to have a high blood pressure reading. Like who cares? Yeah. Try telling panic disorder that like it just was it was just a hard time. So I made an appointment with my doctor. Like the next night I wrote the worst panic attacks in years all weekend, living in fear, crying a lot. And even at the end of the day on the next day of living through this, I put, I got through another beautiful day of my life. And the lesson I learned is keep going. So this was like the worst string of days for me in a really long time. And I just had to, I knew I had to keep going and I still had gratitude for everything I did have. 
And then I went to my doctor, my regular primary care doctor that knows me. And he's like, I'm not concerned about your blood pressure. And I'm like, you're not. And he's like, no, because again, he listed off all the things, but still my blood pressure was still elevated while I was in that appointment. And why? Cause now I have a huge aversion to getting my blood, blood pressure taken. So when I go to the dentist and they randomly want to take my blood pressure, I won't let them. I'll be like, unless you want me to have a panic attack and leave, like you can't take my blood pressure. The cuff even coming out, the sound of the Velcro sends me into a panic attack, which makes my blood pressure go up, which is really common. I mean, not really common, but it's common with people with panic disorder. So yeah. And a couple days after that, appointment where my doctor said he's not worried about it. I'm okay. I'm like, praise God. I said, the lesson I learned is drop everything for your friends. So even though I was struggling, I had lunch with a friend that day and it made me feel so much better. A lesson learned soon after that was go to church and worship with your community, put all thoughts on God. And then also to call my therapist when I'm in a panic. So as you guys know, I love church. I love Jesus. I love God. Like, um, <clears throat> and it just gives me a sense of community and I love it so much. So if that's something you're interested in, that's a tidbit I have for you. Um, the other thing I learned is that my therapist was like, if you have another weekend like that, call me. I'm just not used to having a therapist that would care if I texted or called her on the off hours, but that's what she's there for. And I, f I freaking love her because of that so much. Cause a lot of therapists will have these really strict boundaries and I get it. I'll probably be one of those therapists that has really strict boundaries. Um, cause I got to watch for myself, but she's been in this industry for like 40 years now. And she's like, no girl, I'm good. Like when you get that way again, when you are having back-to-back -back panic attacks all weekend and like doing that poorly, you need to call me. She probably would have been able to set me straight right away. Cause that's what she does. She has this way of calming me. So yeah, if you've got that mental health person there, hit them up. Um, another thing I wrote is go up that steep hill and don't stop. So this, yeah, this year has definitely got like a, a overall um, theme of just pushing through, pushing through, pushing through. This next one, just a couple days after this developing cardophobia, Eddie and I went on this amazing winter hike after church. Um, there's these really hilly, amazing hiking trails behind the commons, which is the old state hospital or um, asylum mental hospital in our town and it's where we go snowshoeing a lot but it's also great for just like a good hike 
even a winter hike and we went up uphill a lot that day and I was just allowing my heart to beat very fast without it being a panic attack like wow my heart because sometimes having your when you have cardiophobia and panic disorder your heart beating really fast can actually send you into a panic attack because when you're having a panic attack your heart beats really fast so one thing starts before the other so um I was just letting my heart beat really hard and fast, walking up these hills. I'm talking steep hills, knowing that this is a good, healthy, fast heart rate. This is good. This is therapeutic. And just really being in the moment, focusing through it. And then also like, you know, distracting myself with talking to Eddie at the same time, but then like taking breaks along the hills and just letting my heart do what it's supposed to do and do what I'm supposed to do to my heart, which is to get your heart rate up, exercise that heart. The more you work that muscle, the better it's going to do for you get that heart rate up. If you've got cardiophobia, the best thing to do is to get that heart rate up because when you're worried about, oh my God, what if there's something wrong with my heart? Be like, well, you know what? At least I'm doing all I can for it to be healthy by doing cardio. So that's what that was. Another lesson learned after that was pray for patience. I wonder what that was about. I think it was just, I was really feeling all of my goals and feeling the pressure on myself to achieve them while also dealing with the issues I was having in the present time. And I just needed to ask God for patience. Here's another one I learned. <laughs> um, that I kind of realized this year. I, if you know me, you know, I'm an early to bed girl, girly. I love a good 10 hours of sleep night. That's kind of like how I live. So I need to go to bed early. Like I'm like, you know, around eight o'clock, I'm getting ready for bed. I'm starting to get ready for bed. So I kind of realized that when I was around family or friends and I, you know, stayed up with them to like socialize and hang out, I would also get snacky. So I kind of learned that if I just hit this point at the end of the night where, and if, I'm not like that any, like I've changed that habit. But at the beginning of this year, I was still at that point in my life where if I was up at a certain time, I would just end up snacking. And that's how I would stay awake. So I said, you know, lesson learned that day is it's better to just go to bed when you're so tired. Otherwise, I snack. And the next day I wrote, don't let the panic win don't let it win. Then the day after that, I say, my lesson learned today is it's okay 
for me to take a day off and I'm healthy. I'm not dying. For me, panic disorder is all about, I feel like I'm dying. So automatically when people tell me that like they thought they had a panic attack or they thought their friend had a panic attack, I asked two things. Was their heart rate really high and did they feel like they were about to die? Because I feel like chances are, if not one of those two things were happening, it probably wasn't a panic attack. It was probably a moment of high stress or an anxiety attack because there's a huge difference. There's a huge difference. So I have to constantly write and tell myself, hey, I'm not dying. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. So this next one is about dreams. And this is a really good way to, to review what my past podcast episodes have been about. Because I've done a podcast episode or two in the past about dreams and how you can control your dreams. I've got YouTube videos about it. I've got blog posts about it. It's so true. Look those items up. The podcast episode that's all about how to control your dreams is called Daydreams and Nightmares. Um, I learned how to do this kind of by going to school for psychology, um, but also I learned to do this when I started having issues with nightmares um, three or four years ago. So this next lesson that I learned of the day was if I find myself in a nightmare, I can leave my dream. I can save myself. And that's absolutely true. So go back and listen to that episode. Basically, you just say what you're going to do over and over again and write it down five, six, seven, eight times. My keys are in my pocket. My keys are in my pocket. My keys are in my pocket. Something like that. Um, and in your dream your keys will eventually be in your pocket and you'll be able to leave if you're having a nightmare. Um, I haven't had much luck with saving myself from nightmares in the last couple nights. I had some really bad ones a few mornings ago. And then today I woke myself up early this morning before before they started, but I started to get like panic attack symptoms. So I'm not sure what comes first, the chicken or the egg type deal. Like if the panic attack starts in my sleep, so then the nightmare starts or if the nightmare starts and then I start having a panic attack, who knows, but they're like night terrors where you wake up and you, it takes me like an hour or two to get out of the dream. You still feel like you're in it. I have to get up. I have to drink something. I have to hold on to ice cubes. I have to like run water on my hands. Stuff to like stimulate me out of sleep mode. And even if I try to go back to sleep, I go right back into like a night terror. It's, it sucks. The next day I wrote my lesson of the day was give yourself time. You'll come back around. Your nervous system will reset. So that's one of my, it's sad, but it's true isms about how you can get over panic attacks or how to get out of them. One of the main surefire ways 
is time. It just takes time for your nervous system to reset. They will, it will eventually stop. You'll eventually come out of it. It feels like the longest time in the world. I know nobody knows better than me. Um, they're just the worst. Basically panic attacks are like a living nightmare. You can't control how you feel. You can't control what your body's doing. You just want to run. You want to flee in terror. So my lesson that day was to just give it time. This was what I call like my Disney movie phase of the year. So I was supposed to go on a trip with my mom for spring break. Eddie and I had already gone to Florida like in January. So we weren't going anywhere for spring break. I was going to go on a fun trip with my mom to Cleveland. And my panic attacks were so bad. Back to back all day, every day. And luckily I wasn't going to school downstate. All my classes were online. And I still pushed myself to leave to go to the gym and stuff. But by time spring break came, I was exhausted. And I was like, I don't know if I can rightfully go on a trip with someone knowing how miserable I am. And will I be able to even have fun? And will I make it hard for the other person? Will I just want to be in the hotel room? Will I just want to sleep? Um, so I unfortunately had to stay home. And you guys, I literally laid on the couch with my cat and watched Disney movie after Disney movie. I think I watched every single animated movie on Disney plus over the course of like a couple, it lasted like a couple weeks. Like that was just all I could get myself to do. I have a really good friend who lives in Las Vegas that has the same panic disorder, health anxiety as me. Like we both have the same anxiety, panic disorder symptoms where we're, we think we're going to die in our sleep. Like it takes us forever to fall asleep. We have to have like white noise machines on. We have to have like all these distractions. And then it's like we eventually we just bond over this. And we were talking a lot during this phase because we were both having really bad symptoms. So my whole life was like Disney movies and talking to Stephanie, Disney movies and talking to Stephanie, like just I just thank God that I have a friend like her because she knows what I go through. So shout out to Stephanie. You are the best. My next lesson is keep going day by day. Take your walks. So you guys, I was just digging in. I keep using that phrase, that terminology for my goals this year, digging my feet in. And when I say that, I picture walking in the sand. And I think it's a cross between just walking on the beach. You know, like walking on the beach is so relaxing and therapeutic. And it's like, ah, I'm on vacation. And But walking in the sand is also really hard. And that's kind of my life. That's a euphemism for my life. I'm walking hard. <laughs> I'm doing, I'm walking a hard walk through the sand, but it's it sure is beautiful. It sure is gorgeous. So, and I think it's a cross between that and then like that, that footsteps poem about Jesus and how during your hardest times he was carrying you. 
So I think when I say like, I'm just digging my feet in, I picture walking in the sand and I just have found myself really saying that over and over again, the last several months when I'm talking to someone about how hard I've been working. Um, the next lesson learned was listen to your body. All of my hopes and dreams that I write out every day during this phase was I dream of being anxiety free again. And I dream of being BFFs with Jesus. That was it. Like every single day is I dream of being panic attack free. And I dream of having a close relationship with God. And it's amazing how I've made both of those things come true. And then I say, the next day is like, trust in God and you'll come through. And then the next one is, the Lord will give you your time. I just was biding my time, like getting through hard things. At this point, spring break was over. I had celebrated my birthday, but Eddie and I got very, very sick. Like he went to like a American Legion, like, event where like a bunch of people from America from the Legion posts around the state come together and he brought home like some kind of bug and we got very, very sick. Um, and so we were both really sick on my birthday. And then on St. Patrick's day, like several days later, we were able to celebrate with a couple of my girlfriends downtown. And that was the day I wrote the Lord will give you your time. That was my second chance birthday. The next lesson I wrote was get the fries. Get the fries. Eat just a few. Moderation is key. <laughs> Always get the fries. I can't get the fries now because I'm keto. So I think maybe just, I don't know what it would be instead. Get the broccoli. That just doesn't sound as good. The next one say, says, pray through it. The, pan the panic always passes. So I just see like such a theme here. The next one says, my lesson learned of the day was talk to your mental health care providers. The next one is reach out to old friends. Go to the funeral for your friends. Go to the funeral. Oh, yeah. One of our, our chaplain for the American Legion Post, his son passed away. I was like, whose funeral did I go to? My next lesson learned was, thank you, God, in all things, and all, all things through you are possible. Thank you. That day I was just grateful for a day of sun after a day of blizzards. Go to the events and support your veterans. Then um, April 3rd, I wrote, always spend time with your mama. Can't go wrong with that. The next one after that is take the Xanax. 
So I hear this all the time from people and I'm guilty of it myself. I will wait as long as possible before I take Xanax. Like I will wait until I've been miserable and then I'll take it and I'll be like, Oh my God, I could have been feeling better. Like such a long time ago. I hate it. Like I forgot to take, cause I get really bad test anxiety and I forgot to take my anxiety during my second statistics exam this past semester and I did really poorly and I I told you guys about this I like felt like I was gonna throw up I felt like I was gonna pass out like I like the room was spinning like I was just like like just in such a bad way like in such a bad way and I took um like a tiny little piece of Xanax before my my last exam and I know the confidence was because I put in the hard work and I went downstate to study and all that. Um, I made my, my professor sit in front of me so I could get the answers I needed. But Xanax also helps. If you have your medication, take the medication. Like, obviously in moderation, we all know benzos, pills like that are addicting, blah, blah, blah. Like, I think you all know that, like, I'm not talking about that. Like I'm talking about when you need it, take your meds. So I often, it's not like that I forget that I have it, but I just try to be strong. I try, I'm like, when I start getting panic symptoms, I'm in like denial. I'm in denial that it's happening. Like, no, I'm not getting a panic attack right now. Like for instance, this is really stupid. So there's this term called magical thinking and mental disorders. Um, it's a kind of a byproduct of OCD. So I have OCD type tendencies when it comes to my health anxiety and magical thinking for me is that if I see a word about a heart about, or if I hear a heartbeat on a TV show or like a song, I think it means something's going to happen to my heart. Um, and it, it's only does that to me. It doesn't do that to me all the time. It does it to me when I'm like under stress, like when Eddie and I were on vacation over the summer and I already know people are going to be like, you're on vacation. Like that should be zero stress. Leaving your home is always stressful, especially for me. And I think a lot of people after the pandemic, when we spent like, you guys remember like when we all spent like a whole year at home, leaving home was harder for me after that. So like leaving your home and like driving across the country is, it's a stressor. It's a good stressor, but it's still a stressor. So when we were driving on our road trip, every time I saw a sign for a hospital, my brain, my OCD, magical thinking would tell me that means you're going to need a hospital because you see that. I hate it. And I just keep saying that's so stupid. That's so dumb. You know, it's not true, but it sends me into like a tizzy. And so over the weekend, I was with my girlfriends. We went to Detroit. It was such a magical, beautiful Christmas little trip. And um, you guys know how like your cell phone will have predictive texting. Like you'll be typing something out and it'll be like, did you mean to write this? Or like, it thinks that you're trying to say one word, but you're trying to type another. I don't know what I was trying to spell out, but my phone said arrhythmia. 
so dumb and it just caught me by surprise and because that word has something to do with cardiac stuff I immediately started panicking and I did feel kind of panicky for a while that night I don't say anything I don't say anything to my friends because I know that it's not true it's just it's not true and I don't like to even speak it into existence but if anybody out there can relate I just want you to know that you're not alone you're not alone like the next night I wrote talk to your therapist about your anxiety and she'll help so I feel like this is a good stopping point I'm gonna do more of this this has been really therapeutic for me and I've felt very um what am I trying to say this has gotten me excited about a lot of different topics so I think I'm going to continue this next week along with some other cool stuff that I have for you guys thank you so much for tuning in I hope you guys are having a wonderful holiday season I debated taking a week or two off because this is such a crazy busy time of year Eddie and I are hosting like crazy I thought I would have more downtime this Christmas break um, to like organize and like purge a lot of stuff but we are so blessed that we have a lot of people that want to come visit us and hang out and like do holiday things so I'm not mad about it so, um, but I still decided I want to keep doing my podcast because I would miss you guys too much. Honestly, when I'm talking to you guys during this podcast, I feel like I'm talking to you like we're just hanging out in the room. So I've got that kind of camaraderie, but then I've got this stuff that you guys will say to me once the podcast comes out, when you guys tell me like what you thought about it or what it made you think of or how it helped you. And it's a feeling like none other. I just, I love it. I still have not gotten my grades back from school. I promise I'll let you guys know. They're supposed to be, I thought they were supposed to be posted tonight at midnight. I mean, I already know I have a A in one class and a B in another, but I'm still waiting on statistics. So we shall see. Um, if you guys are on Spotify or Apple Music or Amazon, be sure to give my podcast a rating, please. It would help me out greatly. I've got a lot of listeners. Oh my God, I completely forgot to tell you guys. I woke up um, Saturday morning before leaving for Detroit and my podcast had a thousand downloads in one week, which is my biggest week yet. That's absolutely bonkers crazy to me. I'm so excited. I'm so happy. So I've got a lot of, um, a lot of you listening, but not a lot of ratings on like, especially Spotify. I think I only have five. So give me a rating on there and I'll love you forever. Um, a girl can get all the help she can get. This is such a male dominated industry. So I really appreciate it. Um, yeah. Happy New Year. Be safe. Make your New Year what you want it to be. 
and I will see you guys here next week, next Wednesday on another episode of Love Lindsay.